it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Billboard's Senior Director of Charts. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. Hello, Katie. How are you? Hi, Keith. Doing great. How about yourself? I am... I'm all right. Mm-hmm. I'm all right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I should have I should have had a better <laughs> answer for you. Looked like you were figuring it out as you went there. <laughs> I guess I'm fine. Yeah, I think we all are. We all are just fine. <laughs> just fine. Just, just fine. Um, well, as always, God, we we needed a better start to the show. Sorry, well, as everybody. Always, Don't worry. Yeah. It's only it's, it can only go up from here. It's only going to get better. Uh, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news on how Gunna and The Weeknd bring 2022 its first two major album releases and debuts straight in at numbers one and two on the Billboard 200 chart. How Adele's Easy On Me continues to rule the Billboard Hot 100 for a ninth week and how Gale's breakthrough hit ABCDEFU is the most popular song in the world as reflected on the Billboard Global 200 Songs chart. And it also rises into the top 10 of the Hot 100 for the very first time. Also on the show, we're going to talk about the pop-tastic Coachella lineup announced last week, with Harry Styles, Billie Eilish, and Kanye West all heading to the desert. What are we expecting from this trio of headliners? And will rock ever make a comeback at the festival? Well, we'll talk about all that and much more. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. Okay, let's do the chart chat. First up, the first two big album releases of 2022 are out as Gunna's DS Forever and The Weeknd's Dawn FM both of which were released on January 7th with little advance warning, debut at numbers one and two respectively on the Billboard 200 albums chart. Meanwhile, the Encanto soundtrack falls from number one to number three, though it posts a big increase in units uh, earned for the week as the album continues to grow in popularity. Could Encanto jump back to number one next week? Well, what's its competition? Uh, well, the second weeks of Gunna and The Weeknd, obviously. Uh, we'll see if either have enough stamina to uh, either hold at number one or jump to number one in The Weeknd's case. And what about new releases? 
Uh, if we take a look at the new albums that came out on January 14th, which will be the albums that will compete uh, next week on the chart, we've got notable albums from The Lumineers, FKA Twigs, Corday, Casting Crowns, Skillet, and Earl Sweatshirt. But only The Lumineers of that group have ever topped the Billboard 200 previously, back in 2016 with Cleopatra. Coming at ya, Cleopatra. <laughs> yes, coming at ya. I loved that song. <laughs> you remember that song? Of course I do. It was by uh, the group Cleopatra. Cleopatra. <laughs> it's called Cleopatra's Theme. <laughs> they were also signed to Maverick Records in America. Well, I did not know that Madonna connection. Shockingly, I did. <laughs> All right, next up, newcomer Gail continues to have the most popular song in the world as her breakthrough hit ABCDEFU rules the Billboard Global 200 Songs chart for a second week. It logged 59 million global streams and a little over 6,000 downloads sold in the week ending January 13th. Right behind Gale is The weekend's new single, Sacrifice, which launches at number two. Lastly, back in the United States on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, Adele's Easy On Me rests at number one for a ninth non-consecutive week atop the chart. If the track can nab a tenth week at number one, Adele will be the sixth act to achieve two number ones that spent at least 10 weeks at number one. It's Oof. one of those weird fun facts that only Katie can appreciate. <laughs> uh, Adele previously spent 10 weeks at number one with Hello in 2015 and early 2016. Uh, also, I have in to the say, top. Oh, I'm sorry, not to oh. cut you off. No, you're good. But I, um, I feel like when easy on me came out the general consensus was that solid adele song maybe not as bombastic as as hello or as immediate of like a gut punch as hello was and yet here we are with nine weeks at number one under its belt and i was gonna say nine weeks later but it's not nine weeks because it's been nine consecutive no. weeks which means it just keeps on uh, hanging around and coming back um, so it's just wild to truly witness the power of Adele, like this, you know, this song that seemed, quote unquote, underwhelming for Adele is actually a massive, like monumental hit. And uh, this comes amidst uh, her having recently released the music video for the next single, Oh My God. Um, so we'll see what that does. Have you seen the video, by the way, Katie? I have. Yes. Have you? Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's very um, I was trying to figure out how they did like the it's it's black and white and there's a lot of sort of special effects but it's kind of hard to tell where the special effects are but it's really it's really striking it's a really yeah. striking video um and it's funny like when they were teasing the video um online when she was posting like little snippets um one of the comments i saw and i think it might have been on adele's instagram was was y'all bullied her into putting dancers in the video ah. um, <laughs> after there was all that talk a, a while for, you know before where no one like no one can dance to adele's songs and whatever <laughs> and like people were making mashups of like her songs with other people's songs um and i actually thought for a second i'm like oh my god is adele going to dance in this video she doesn't um <laughs> other people do but i'm right. like we, at some point, we're going to get Adele and like a group of dancers doing choreo. It's just going to happen. leading up to it. What if she does it in Vegas? I was going to say, but Vegas starts Friday. The residency starts Friday at Caesars Palace. And if this you're going to dance during, yeah, like this Friday, Holy if you're going to dance during a show, you might as well do it in Las Vegas. 
When are we going to go? When are we going is the big question. Like, uh, we just found out that the Grammys have moved to April 3rd and to Las Vegas today. That news came out. Oh. Yeah. So, Hmm. um, let's see. Maybe we should see if one of those weekends with Adele coincides with the Grammys and then be one of, like, you know, 90 people, you know, tangential to the music industry who are asking to go that weekend. Yeah, the entire, but, like, if if she has a show that weekend, the entire audience will just be industry. Yeah, exactly. Sex. No, but um, that, that looks like potentially a time when a few Billboard people might be in Las Vegas. Just saying. Maybe we need to spend a whole week there. Who knows? <laughs> if there's even a press room at the Grammys, even if there's you know, an audience at the uh, Grammys. There's a lot we of question know. marks, you guys. I was just talking about this, like about how to staff this award show that's in Las Vegas where we don't have an office of humans and whether they're even going to want us there. Maybe they're like, let's do it in Vegas so nobody comes. Like nobody from the industry comes. I don't even know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, boy. All right. Ah. Um, well, also in the top 10 on the Hot 100 this week, we're not yes. done with the chart news yet. Uh, the Encanto track, We Don't Talk About Bruno, rises 5 to 4, a new high. Uh, Kodak Black's Super Gremlin climbs to a new peak, rising 10 to 6. Gunna and Future's Pushin' P, featuring Young Thug, which is from the DS Forever album, debuts at number 7. And Gale's ABCDEFU hits the top 10 for the very first time, rising 11 to 9. Just a little bit of chart action this week. Uh, so much movement in the top 10, that's wild. And it makes me think, we did a, a five burning questions the first week we were back in the office after New Year's, and it was about looking ahead to 2022. And the most obvious prediction ever was like which song that's kind of like hanging around on the chart could get to the top 10 and i was like gail the answer is gail it was like number two on the global 200 that week the first week after new year's and so it was already the biggest non-christmas song in the world the week after new year's and then it became the biggest song in the world period after the christmas songs dropped off and here it is arriving in the top 10 and it'll just keep climbing i have a feeling do, do do is the is the general consensus with the editorial team like is this like the next Olivia Rodrigo good for you driver's license kind of moment like the next sort of female star in that kind of ilk? You know that's funny. I have not heard that comparison. The person whose name I've heard come up as like you know Olivia Rodrigo vibes from the same time you know this year as last is Lauren Spencer Smith who she was on American Idol. I guess, and has this song called Fingers Crossed that mm. has sort of the emo qualities of uh, Driver's License, more of a ballad. And whereas like Gail, A, B, C, D, E, F, U, definitely a TikTok hit. And also one of those like fun sort of um, irreverent songs that I feel like does well with young people, does well with repeat listen. It's, it's more of like an Avril Lavigne song, if anything, you know, that's what no. I think of at least. She's like the new, she's the female Machine Gun Kelly at the moment. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> you know, funny thing is, um, my um, smart speaker who sits next to me, and I won't say her name, today, <laughs> today. Do we need a sponsorship? <laughs> uh, uh, please, Amazon, if you're listening. Yeah. Oh, wait, um, you just said. <laughs> okay, continue, I did, sorry. I didn't say her name. Oh, um, but it's a, it's a little video box, and it, mm -hmm. throughout the day, it, like, shows you, it gives you prompts of, like, oh, here's something to try, something to ask about. And, like, you know, I, you know right now it says, show me prime TV shows. And now it shows the time. Earlier today it said um, something like, what's going on with Machine Gun Kelly? <laughs> and I'm like, 
How? Why? It's like all I see are headlines about Machine Gun Kelly and his engagement. And like just every day there's some new headline about Machine Gun Kelly. (laughs) It's like, do people care that deeply? Apparently people do. Yeah. When he and Megan Fox got engaged, um, I don't think was it last week or the week before, um, you know, we often at Billboard do kind of like timelines, whether it's a timeline of a relationship or whatever the case is. So we had a timeline for Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox's relationship. And when they got engaged, you know, my my instinct was like, let me assign, you know, a writer to update the timeline. So I looked and we hadn't updated the timeline since November of 2020. A lot so has happened poor, since then. The poor writer I signed was like, how much do I need to include? <laughs> because it's literally <laughs> like, if you look up Machine Gun Kelly on Billboard.com, it was, it's like hundreds of articles, like daily articles about his like everyday, like, I don't know. Anyway, they didn't update but, everything. <laughs> there are, but my question was more of an expansive question of why is there so much like thirst for stories about machine gun kelly like why is his personal life so fascinating to so many people that we are generating so many stories about it like i I don't i never like i never realized he was like such like this like like uh news item oh i mean to me i I knew that but why but isn't it isn't it way more the 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 combination of mgk and megan fox like so that, she's an actress and he's a musician. Why? Because it's like we didn't cover Travis Barker this like thirstily when before, until he was with Courtney Kardashian. It's like a potent combination that people want to know literally everything. But I didn't realize about. Megan Fox was Megan Fox isn't a Kardashian. No, is, I know. Is this. she that popular? Well, well, Megan Fox is somebody who like had a moment as like the it girl. You know, absolutely actress, like probably, you know, Transformers time, whatever, and then fell off a little bit. But like when she paired up with this guy who all of a sudden was number one on our, you know, albums chart and all of a sudden they they both have this whole like tattooed emo goth aesthetic going on. There's just a lot of fun things to see and experience with the two of them. (laughs) A lot of fun things to see and experience. They're very TMI about everything, too. So they share everything every day. I mean, the engagement like was had like a three three cameras set up to capture it. You know, like they're capturing everything. I am so out of the loop. I literally just see a headline (laughs) and I don't click on it. I don't read about it. So I'm 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 like, what do you mean, TMI? You should like, I always click on them. a Billboard.com headline when you see it. Get it. You know, only on chart <laughs> stories by the charts team. OK, there. that's all. That's okay. all Keith will read. <laughs> is, is Machine Gun Kelly playing Coachella? Uh, no, he's not. But Tracked. shall we talk about who is? That would have been a great segue. But yes, <laughs> we should have. talk about Coachella well, 2022. I, mean, I teased in the intro like about there not being much rock in the picture here. So MGK currently in the rock realm and uh, the full Coachella lineup arrived last week and it is it is a poppy one, you guys. And so we got to talk about it here on the Pop Shop. Um, after Billboard first reported all three headliners last Wednesday, the official Golden Voice poster confirmed that Harry Styles, Billie Eilish and Kanye West, now yay, are playing the last show of each day while... Swedish House Mafia will be, quote unquote, returning to the desert on an undisclosed day. Question. Yes. Uh, so does that mean that Billboard broke the news? Correct. The uh, yeah. So here's there was a lot that transpired um, 
with Kanye and Billy being revealed, we were the very first outlet to report that Harry Styles was a headliner. And we reported the final lineup of headliners on Wednesday morning. And the Coachella poster came out Wednesday night. Wow. So thank you to Dave Brooks because he's who broke it. Yeah. So um, other highlights from the lineup, because there's a a lot of them. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of bold face names on this lineup. We've got Phoebe Bridgers, Lil Baby, Big Sean and Daniel Caesar joining uh, Friday headliner Harry Styles. We have Megan the Stallion, 21 Savage, Anita and Giveon joining Saturday headliner Billie Eilish. And Doja Cat, Run the Jewels, Carol G, Maggie Rogers, and Ari Lennox all playing Sunday along with Ye. I feel like there's a lot of future headliners in that list of people. Like, I could see a lot of those people growing to, to top-line status. Um, Kanye is the only headliner who's returning to Indio. Um, he previously headlined in 2011. Um, otherwise, Billy and Harry are brand new. And as we reported, also, Billy is going to be the youngest Coachella headliner ever. Um, the back-to-back weekends happen April 15th to 17th and April 22nd to 24th. Or the Question. Two. Yes. Um, you may not know this. Is it mm-hmm. is it frequent or unusual that someone will headline Coachella more than once? Um, I did just look up some version of this, so let me tell you. Um, and actually, it seems it seems, un- it seems unusual. Is incredible with their their previous posters all listed in one place. So I can tell you that answer pretty quickly. But it's yes, I think it is. Un- it is unusual. Um, uh, just I'm just going to do a quick scan of people yep. I know, like. Real quick. Okay, Arcade Fire's coming up as a repeat headliner. They were 2014 and 2011, also Kanye West, the same year that Kanye did it. Radiohead did 2012, and they did 2017. And, heck, they might have done an earlier one, too. Um, not that I'm seeing so far, though. Yeah, so yes, the answer is yes. It's, it is unusual. Um, hmm. And so, and yeah, and, and on top of that, I he headlined in, in 2011, but then he also came back for Sunday service. Um, I think that that was, ooh, was that the Ariana year? Yes, 2019. I think so, yeah. So the last Coachella, Kanye was there doing his Sunday service. Um, so he's got a lot of connections to Coachella, obviously. Um, and speaking of 2019... That was the last year that there was a Coachella because the 2020 and 2021 iterations were both canceled due to COVID. And when they announced the 2020 lineup originally, we were supposed to be seeing Rage Against the Machine, Travis Scott and Frank Ocean as the headliners, all of whom are nowhere to be found on this current poster. Um, according to Golden Voices co-founder Paul Tillette, he did an interview and he said that Frank Ocean had a conflict this spring. And so he is planning and we'll see if this changes to headline in 2023. But there's been no word on what happened to Rage. Like, I don't know huh. if it just, you know, Rage originally that coincided with their kind of like big reunion tour thing they were doing. So maybe they have tabled that and then obviously Ollie, wh- we, why why is travis scott not playing we know the answer to why oh. travis scott was likely left off the lineup this time around so they, it's a complete and utter reset this time around um so obviously you know as we mentioned with some of those repeat headliners other than kanye uh coachella's ro- roots are very much in rock and roll but just like mainstream music itself things have been leaning way more pop and hip-hop lately 
anyway, like when I say lately, it's been like the last decade plus. And the 2022 lineup reflects that. And I would say this is tied for the most poppy lineup because in 2018, which is of course Baychella, we had Beyonce, The Weeknd, and Eminem headlining. That's pretty, you know, Hot 100 friendly right there. As as Hot 100 friendly, I would think as Harry, Billy, and uh, and Kanye. Yeah, I think it depends on you know how you're sort of looking at Weekend Eminem and Beyonce versus Billy, Kanye, and Harry. Like Harry is firmly a pop artist, though he has mm-hmm. some rock flourishes to his music, mm-hmm. of course. Billy is an alternative pop artist, mm-hmm. um, and Kanye is just a he's a, he's not just, but he is a rap artist. He's a hip hop artist, but also a sort of a and a music gospel superstar. artist now. Yeah, that's true. Um, whereas the weekend was like R and B pop. Eminem was a rapper, you know, but also had huge pop hits. And Beyonce is like R and B pop global superstar. So, I think yeah, I think they're similar, but also different in many ways. And it feels like when Beyonce and Eminem played, when Beyonce and Eminem were headliners, that was almost like a coronation of like sort of over a decade. Of oh, like two decades. We're talking 20 years into their careers. I mean, right. it was 2018. I mean, and like, the, you know, obviously the weekend had been popular for a number of years. And that was this was clearly a very a big moment for him. Um, then mm-hmm. now it seems like of the three headliners, Harry and Billy are doing it very early, quote unquote, early in, in sort of the span of time of a typical headliner, which makes you think. You know, it makes you think of like how like how is Coachella programming their events now? And were these conscious decisions? Was it decisions made because they were like sort of forced into it because of covid? Was it, you know, like who knows, like all the backstory right. of how they got would the, this how they have got to been would this have been the twenty twenty two lineup had twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one gone Happen on as like planned normal. right. yeah, who who knows? But uh, what I can tell you, is having just seen Harry Styles in concert at the Forum in November. Um, He's the most, one of the most incredible live performers I think I've ever seen. Because he's, like, somebody who... I, I came in liking Harry, but not being particularly, like, a super fan or anything. And I left that concert just, like, buzzing with the energy that he puts out. Like, and his vocals are great, and his band is amazing, and his, like between song banter is like so fun and like you said he's a pop star with rock flourishes and so you know he could really turn the dial up on that rock side of himself i think for coachella with the aesthetics with the you know leaning into that part of his catalog um maybe putting out some new music closer to the festival that leans that way i feel like Billy being, as you said, like an alternative radio star, like she's in addition to being a pop star. And then Harry having that like rock side. It's like, yes, they these are pop, very pop, you know, friendly acts. These are people with number one hits on the Hot 100. Um, but they have that side of themselves where they're not, you know, they're not bubblegum. You know, you know what I mean? Like they're not they're not they're not cheesy pop stars. These are like pop stars with like that are cool. They have a coolness to them. I don't know. You know what I mean. <laughs> yes, Coachella would never book a headliner who isn't cool. They don't. That's it. I think that might be their criteria. Is It's like a cool factor. And that's what they everyone complains about year after year when they 
say like when they made the switch, I think Jay-Z was the first, you know, hip hop headliner and people, you know, really were up in arms about that. And obviously it's just completely shifted since that moment. Um, But every person that they've chosen to get up there has had a little element of like, you know, the underground appreciates this person, even if they are very much not underground artists, you know, I think. Yeah. Um, so here's something I was thinking of. If you were in 2022 to add a rock band into the mix, whether it's a, you know, you're getting a band back together from the nineties or somebody who's making hits for rock radio right now, like who could possibly be in that slot this year? You know, Um, I'm sure that golden voice thought about this too. Oh, is this a question for me or do you have, well, no, I would love to know your thoughts. I mean, Foo Fighters. Yeah, be... that, and they might be a little overexposed. They played every like post pandemic show that there yeah. was, you know. But yes, 100 percent. 1975. Yeah, they're see. They might have they might be past their peak a little too much. You might think of them a little. I don't know. I was thinking um, about in the future more so, but like it feels like there's a possibility that somebody like Maneskin could build yeah. to that because they're such like have that classic rock vibe, but they need a few more, you know, hits and songs under their belts. And they're playing this year at the show. They are playing. At, yes. Um, I mean, yeah, there is sort of a. Uh, a dearth of um rock bands acts that are having like sort of huge commercial success right now with also kind of like a cool factor and also some pop appeal because you you need to have some sort of universal appeal if you're going to like sell tickets and get people to show up so like you know a lot of the rock bands that are doing well maybe on rock radio or you know maybe on some streaming playlists are not like big enough yet um, and it's really hard to kind of break through because, you know, everything is so TikTok based and viral mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. that's that plays into sort of hip hop and, and, and pop music. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like Glass Animals, big old hit song. They're not ready to headline Coachella. Uh, they need more songs. Or, 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 or if there is like a really big rock band, maybe they aren't perceived as being cool enough. Like Imagine Dragons is a really big rock band, but maybe they aren't seen as cool enough to mm-hmm. be, to play, you know, Coachella. Yeah. That's like no shade to them. Like, you know, they're, you know, a great but, band, yeah. but it's like, you know, maybe it's just like Coachella's sort of tastemakery appeal. Yeah. Know. Well, OK, so we talked about Billy and Harry. I'm actually super curious. I, I feel like if you were to put... Kanye's set this spring against Kanye's 2011 set, you will see a just a world of difference because he has just changed so much as a person, as an artist, as a personality, etc. So I, I truly wonder what he's going to show up with. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I, I mean, think I, that's that's the key. Is like, what is he going to show up with? What is it? <laughs> is there going to be a new album by that point? Another gospel yeah. album? Like he just dropped a new song, you know, the other day with very interesting cover art. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, it's just, I don't know. But yeah, I'm like, it's like if, pe- if people are going into it expecting like, you know, gold we're going to hear like, like Gold Digger and the college <laughs> yeah. dropout stuff. It's like, mm, I don't know, probably not. 
Yeah, it doesn't feel like it. I mean, although at that um, show he did, the Free Larry Hoover show in December with Drake that streamed on Amazon, I know he did a lot of past songs that people didn't expect him to. Um, some stuff from My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Like, I feel like he he might pull out something. Maybe he'll reinvent some of his previous hits for 2022, Kanye. Um, what sure, else did you notice, Keith? Yep. Uh, yes. What else did you notice looking at the, the lineup? Um... Uh, well, the thing that I noticed was the really high prominence of three significant Latin acts. Mm. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, Banda MS, uh, Grupo Ferme, Ferme, I think. Fear, and, like um, Ferme. Ferme. Yes. And uh, who was uh, Carol G, right? Carol G, Anita is up there. A yeah. lot, like, yeah. and 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 it wasn't like they were buried on like the fourth or fifth lines of each day. They were like all on like I think the second the second build line, potentially, yep. Yep. which is like pretty significant, pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I feel like um, uh, I think both J Balvin and Bad Bunny played um, twenty nineteen. Yeah, and uh, brought out Cardi for I like it and. Um, so it felt like that. I mean, those obviously are super, super, superstars. And so they're like, oh, that worked out well. Yeah, but look, but in 2019, Bad Bunny was not the best. Like, That's true. By the he end wasn't of, what he is now. By the end of 2020, I think it was 2020, Bad Bunny had the number one album on the Billboard 200, the first time a completely all Spanish language album mm-hmm. had ever been number one. So Coachella's thinking, hmm, are these acts going to be the next Bad Bunny in like a 100%. year and a half from now? It's yes, possible. For sure. What else? Anything else before we leave the Coachella lineup? um, So is that well? uh, The thing I noticed was um, people like to sort of cryptically try to figure out like what does the you know what what could could there be some surprises blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. I noticed that on Sunday, the day that Kanye is yay is headlining, I noticed that the blessed uh, the blessed Madonna and Honey Dijon are. I believe it's the blessed. Blessed. I thought it Mm -hmm. was. I thought it was blessed, but okay. Um, blessed. <laughs> well, now, well, leave that in so people can make their own decision. <laughs> Let me know. Um, uh, are, and Honey Dijon are playing, I think, a dual set together. They're two DJs, like dance DJs. Um, uh, the former, uh, of course, did that remix album uh, for Dua Lipa, mm-hmm. um, the the Club Future Nostalgia, but mm-hmm. also has uh, admitted her love of Madonna. You know, yeah. uh, the pop star Madonna. And well, did she Honey work D- on the one remix that had Madonna on it or no? The one oh, with Missy Elliott? I, I believe so. Yes. Yeah, you're I right. think so, yeah, right? That, you're right. The, the levitating remix mm-hmm. uh, for Dua Lipa that, had, that featured Madonna and uh, Missy Elliott, uh, the blessed or blessed Madonna, <laughs> remixed that, and that is on that album. And then Honey Dijon has remixed for Madonna. Mm. So, and then recently Madonna has posted images photos of her hanging out with Kanye West uh, somewhere. Um, yeah, and, her and his new boo, Julia Fox. Right. Um, <laughs> and Madonna was talking to Julia Fox, I guess, about this potential Madonna film that she's working on. Would love um, to see and Julia then on to- Fox in that. And on top of that, uh, Mike Dean, who is an engineer uh, or and also producer who has worked with Kanye, is currently working with Madonna and Honey Dijon on a remix project of some sort, celebrating possibly Madonna's 50 number ones on Billboard's Dance Club songs chart. So Madonna's appeared at Coachella before. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was there. I told you this. In the dance tent. 
Yeah. She wasn't even a headliner. She was in the dance tent. Um, and then she appeared later, a few years later, when she showed up and mauled Drake. Um, yes. Was not there uh, for that. Let's just not remember that. Um, <laughs> so maybe, maybe, maybe Madonna shows up in the desert this year on that Sunday. It's not that wild of a thought. I think that you've pieced together um, a nice, like, pushpin and string uh, <laughs> crime <Basically>. scene <laughs> situation. Um, I, oh, and, and to the Swedish House Mafia tease where they didn't actually have them billed as a headliner, but they said yeah. they're returning to the desert. Maybe that means they'll be in like a dance tent or something, you know. That's what I, I think. I, I think it was reported that they were quote unquote headlining. And I'm guessing to your point that they are kind of like headlining the Sahara tent as right. opposed to like being one of the boldface top names. And so I think they kind of gave them their due respect by including them in a prominent way on the poster that did not actually put them as a headliner. So um, the, we'll see what play, how that plays out. Is there an act like some sort of rock act or frankly pop act that is left to reunite? I mean, I mean, what if NSYNC reunited for Coachella at this point? Well, they four of them came together for the Ariana Grande headlining slot at Coachella in 2019. Um, uh, if Justin were to ever headline, which, you know, he's been rumored a few times to potentially be there. If he were to headline, he would almost have to have the NSYNC moment, just like, uh, you know, Beyonce did with Destiny's Child. Good point. But, like, is there anything, I mean, like, what's mm-hmm. left? Like, is, is, there, is there some act that isn't active anymore that necessitates a reunion? I don't know. When you think, I, when you think of the biggest acts in the world, no. Like, they're either, they're still together or they've been smashed back together or people yeah. are, have passed away. Short, short of, like, you know, sort of a quasi Led Zeppelin or ABBA, you know, it's like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure people will tweet us. Um, <laughs> is that it? Is that all we got? I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> but so, yes, <laughs> that is it. <laughs> and now it's time for the chart stat of the week. Forty-five years ago, Stevie Wonder's I Wish climbed to the top of the Hot 100 chart, the fifth of his so far ten number ones. The single rose two to one on the chart dated January 22nd, 1977, and spent one week at number one. Produced, arranged, and written solely by Wonder, I Wish was the first single from the classic double album Songs in the Key of Life. The set debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 chart dated October 16th, 1976, marking just the third album to debut at number one, back when debuting at number one was an incredibly rare chart feat. The album was chock full of hits, as it also generated three more top 40 charting singles on the Hot 100 with another number one, Sir Duke, as well as the top 40 hits, Another Star, and As. And even beyond the official singles, there are very well-known songs on the album that became uh, radio hits at the time and went on to become well-known tunes on their own, like Isn't She Lovely, Knocks Me Off My Feet, Love's In Need of Love Today, and Pastime Paradise. And of course, Pastime Paradise, you'll also know by way of its sampling in Coolio's number one 1995 Hot 100 single, Gangsta's Paradise, 
featuring LV. And speaking of samples, I wish revisited uh, the number one spot on the Hot 100, sort of, thanks to a sample by Will Smith. He sampled the track in his 1999 number one Hot 100 hit, Wild Wild West. So there you go. 45 years ago, Stevie Wonder's I Wish topped the Hot 100 chart. reach the end of our big shoe do you own the songs in the key of life album katie or have you listened to it yes but i do not own it have listened um, to it yeah. I, there was a there was a moment when i was sort of like discovering stevie wonder's sort of back catalog a long time ago mm-hmm. and i got i think it was like inner visions talking book songs in the key of life that whole era for stevie is just magical it's yep. like everything, album cuts, singles, everything was just like he could do nothing wrong. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't listened to the Songs in the Key of Life album, by gosh, go do it now. <laughs> um, any parting words aside from all that ramble I just did? Oh, no. Um, no, no parting words. I'm trying to think. Oh, I'm, I will. I'm trying to think about uh, this weekend. Adele, good luck in, in Las Vegas. Adele we will be thinking about you and hopefully we'll get to see you and your show very soon. Maybe. But I can't wait to see what comes out of, uh, you know, our reporting on it and Twitter, et cetera, this weekend. Um, all right. So what song should we go out on? Oh, man. I mean, one of those Stevie Wonder songs, maybe we mentioned so many. Um, what about Isn't She Lovely? Oh, that's nice. Makes me think of my baby daughter. (laughs) Um, All right. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.